0: from being broke, to hope, to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. Hello, my sweet sister. I am so excited with you listening so I can introduce you to my fantastic guest on this podcast. You're going to love her. I just met her, actually, at a women's networking group, and that's why I say Go to women's networking groups. You would meet the most amazing people, which I did meet my guest. I It was just last week, as a matter of fact. When I came in the room, she stood out. Her smile, her genuine personality, which I could tell that she is the real deal. And when I went to her website today to look at... Uh, her about me. So on people's websites they'll say, well, about me. And hers was so different because it was so personable. She said who she was and then she goes on to say what her favorite movie is or song or quote and and her color, orange. That was so unusual and it just drew me into her. But I am also going to let you know about her that she's the founder of her own company for 15 years. And she's been empowering businesses and entrepreneurs to create revenue, generating business connections, fill events and enroll in programs, shorten the sales cycle and close sales with ease. And she has a team who can help people skyrocket in their revenue for their company and a done for you sales solution. She is and her team are experts at helping companies to attract more leads, maintain a full pipeline, and convert more prospects as clients. She is also an author of multiple books, including Networking is Not a One Night Stand, The Unstoppable Competence Networking Playbook, and The Networking and Sales Planner. She's the founder of Profit Makers University. It's a business school that teaches a sustainable a a systematic, hello, sincere and effective approach to networking and sales to produce lucrative bottom results. So welcome, Tish. Well, hello.
1: I'm so glad to be here, (laughs) Yes, and your last
0: name is Times, right? Tish Times. Okay. I was... It's it on your website. Yes, yeah, okay. It's correct. Times with Tish. I like it, but that's your last name. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it is. It was a gift. Uh, that, my right, wonderful right. Husband. And that's a nice kind of gift to get in. He's amazing. I get to meet him on Sunday. And the thing, too, about Tish that is wonderful <laughs> is she is an ordained minister. And I'll tell you what, she is a firecracker. I went to her church on Sunday and <laughs> met her in. Roy right his name is Roy and, and they were yes, amazing and yes. I love that they have young people there and especially young men so they are the real deal Tish is going yeah. to start as we normally do with how she was raised and impacted with any talk about money positive or negative negative. and then Tish you will go on to say your story so let's talk about your growing up years I'm happy to Yeah. So, you know, I, I have a,
1: I I think it's interesting when I look back, I I realize now how much of an impact um, the way that I was raised as it pertains to money, how much of an impact it's had on my life currently, Mm -hmm. you know, over, over the course of the last few years. So my parents were, um, they had been married. My, when my dad passed away, my parents had been married for almost 50 years. They were, you know, together my whole life, um, he was a sergeant major in the military. My mom, for the majority of my life, was a stay-at-home mom. And from the outside looking in, people would look at us and think, "Okay, my my mom drove a Cadillac. My dad normally had, you know, a small car. You know, that he would drive as well. Um, we had a four-bedroom house, so it looked like we were a pretty, you know, decent, well-to-do uh, middle-class um, family. But what people didn't know, and what the the huge impact." Um, that was made on me as a result of the way we were, I was raised is that my mom grew up extremely poor. I mean, like very, very poor. Her mom passed away when she was very young. Her dad left them um, at some point And basically I guess sent a few dollars to her periodically to help take care of her siblings, which were many, by the way, my mom was one of the older ones. And so she grew up very poor. And what translated into our, you know, what I saw is that my mom came to our came to me with the very scarcity type mm-hmm. of mentality a poverty mindset and it was no fault of hers obviously it was just her experience but although my dad made good money and we lived a good life i always heard we don't have enough i always heard you know you can't have this or we're 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 barely getting by and my mom, um, bless her heart, you know, because of the way she was raised, mm-hmm. she would hoard pretty much everything, especially food. So we had food under our beds, I mean, like canned goods under our beds, in the closets. We had multitudes of um, just additional storage full of canned goods because it was always that fear of not having enough. And so my mom was determined to ensure that we would be prepared if something went wrong. Um, and how that translated into to my life is that sure. something's going to go wrong. <laughs> you know, you better hoard, hoard everything you get because something's definitely going to go wrong. And I mean, my mom only been gone for um, three years. And up until her passing, that was her mentality. And it took me a long time to begin to realize that the way that I dealt with money, my fear, based, you know, thoughts around money for many years was because of the way I saw them live. My, my dad, on the other hand, was <laughs> spend it all because we yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't take it with us. And so I kind of saw this spend wow. hoard, spin, hoard mentality kind of growing up. And so um, I was just, I don't know, I didn't know how to manage money. I was very... Um, I dealt with a lot of issues around money as a young adult, because I just didn't know what was right. And I was always afraid of it going away. So even when I began to make good money, when I started my business and was making almost seven figures, I still treated it as though it was going away. And believe it or not, Nora, that behavior caused me to make it go away. So I began to sabotage things um in order to ensure that my belief system became real for my life so i don't know how in depth you'd like me to go or how how much more detail but that's kind of what i i i saw as a young um, person all of my childhood and then even into my young adult life and how it impacted me as a even as a successful business owner it was still impacting my that life
0: is all amazing just right there and i'd love that you have kind of figured it out <laughs> I know what i mean what to what
1: yeah to share yeah with, uh,
0: you've done some work i can tell with what sh- your history was with self-limiting yeah. beliefs what you're taught like the spend hoard spend hoard and keep going and tell us what you mm-hmm. did next to work on bringing breakthrough out, out of that programming and pattern Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: it, it took a long time. (laughs) This was not a, this was not an overnight realization or change. Believe me. Um, and you know, the, I think the, the, the biggest impact or the biggest issue I I see is that Mm. how it impacted my kids because, you know, I got married right away in high school. I got out of high school and got married right out of high school to my first husband who was abusive. And, um, I guess in my mind, I was just trying to figure out how to make life work. He was in the military. I figured he could, quote unquote, take care of me. I wouldn't have to worry Mm -hmm. so much that obviously did not work out. But because of that mentality growing up and, you know, when I finally did leave him as a single parent, you know, I felt like I, -hmm. I felt like I took my kids through so much because I was always in that, you know, Fear and, and scarcity, and not knowing how to manage money or, or spending it because I have it now, so I better get what I need. And what that ha- what that resulted in, Nora, was us mm. always having to move. We would get evicted out of apartments, and I would lose cars. I just had such a twisted, terrible misunderstanding mm. of how money worked and how I was supposed to use it. I didn't see it as a tool. I saw it. As something that I had to constantly run after. Um, and so probably for a good decade, you know, I spent, even when I married my current husband, you know, we've been married for 28 years and our kids are grown now, but I would dare say for the first probably 10 years of their lives, they experienced us trying to figure things <laughs> out because he came with his own money story, right? And we. <laughs> We came, we got together, and it was just like a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, indeed. Um, So, I mean, it it took me many years. I didn't even do any, you know, I I met with a Christian counselor. Of course, I I have great leadership and great mentorship and ministry, but I actually found myself needing to talk with a Christian therapist around how this was impacting my life. It became extremely problematic for me. It became, um, you know, to the point where I was creating problems all the time because I just didn't understand it, or I didn't, I didn't have a good relationship with money. Is probably the best way to to say it. Um, when my my first business closed again, my first business was wildly successful, very successful. We made, you know, really good money, seven figure business. But my mindset around money, it it it. It just caused me to always sabotage things. So, what ended up happening when I closed that business in 2008, I started it in 2000 um, and ended up having to close it in 2008. Now, the market turned, so there was a little bit of that, but a lot of it was my bad decision making with the misunderstanding of how to deal with money. Um, and we lost everything. I mean, we lost everything. We went from Having what looked like a picture perfect life to s- literally sleeping on a bunk bed, my older two boys were away at school already, so they they you know they didn't have to experience it. But my youngest son was you know there in my brother's house with me and my husband because we lost our home. So I mean it, it was a big 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 deal. My relationship or lack thereof with money it caused me problems for many years. Mm-hmm. It really did. Um, yeah. And I mean there there's definitely a long, long process, I guess, for me to finally get to the place where I'm like, okay, I can under, I can deal with this or I can I can realize how this has impacted me and really begin to make strides toward doing things differently. That's you know, it it probably mm-hmm. was a good 15, so 20 year journey. Up,
0: right. <laughs> All right, we are back. We had a little technical difficulty there. But we are back. (laughs) All right, Tish. You did a great job sharing all the years that you kept at working through the money programming thermostat that you were raised with. And even having financial success, but not able to keep the money. Mm -hmm. And then you decided to get some help, get some therapy. And you didn't give up. So last we were sharing, you were you hit the rock bottom when you were staying at your brother's house and sleeping on the bunk bed and, and with your youngest son experiencing that. And so yes. we'll pick it up to keep going with your story.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was definitely, definitely rock bottom. <laughs> um, and even even though that was one of the most difficult times in my life by far, um, when I look back over that time, I, I see the purpose in it. I see the lessons. I see the, the things that were developed in me, both spiritually as well as just, you know, practical things that I needed to learn that I needed to understand in order to be able to move forward. And so for a couple of years... I, I went back to work. I um, I felt like I was a complete failure, and I definitely went through a depression. Absolutely, mm-hmm. but um, during that two year period, I went to go work for another staffing company. Um, and during that time, I could hear God telling me pretty much, pretty clearly, "What are you doing here? I didn't tell you to come back to work. I didn't tell you to you know to stop trusting me in this area." And um, I ended up leaving that job in 2010. And to be honest with you, it was one of those moments where I had Always been very, you know, really a great employee, never had any major issues. And I got fired from a job and I looked to heaven and I said, I know this is you. And so (laughs) I was like, you have a great sense of humor. And I started this business um, that same day. I literally went to the county tax office, got my LLC and all the things that I needed to get paperwork wise and started this business on that day that was in 2010, in June of 2010. And, and began to work towards creating a business that not only was successful, but had some good money management principles um, behind it. And so that's still a journey. It's not, I can't ever say, okay, I'm perfect. I got it all together because that's not the case, but I definitely have a different perspective, a different mindset. And I think the biggest thing that's different is that I have learned how to reach out for help, how to hire the people who were stronger in the areas that I didn't find myself being strong in, like having a good accountant, having some good um, you know, mentors that I can work with when I'm feeling myself going back down that hole. Because trust me, my mind still wants to sometimes revert back to that's you know those fear-based decisions and that fear of not having enough and all of that so it's an ongoing battle but I say it's an ongoing journey I won't say battle it's an ongoing journey but I feel like I have tools now that help me to to deal with it opposed to just falling back into those old patterns as much as I did before.
0: Right and what's wonderful is you were starting to recognize those patterns and I think what's wonderful is God spoke to you and you acted you yeah you just went down and you started again which we can do we can start over again and again yeah (laughs) for sure so then I appreciated what you said about having a good team and hiring where you needed help because it sounds like maybe before you were pretty the pretty much maybe a a one-man show, and then in addition to not managing the money well, sabotaging yourself, that's not a good combination. So, And you know what,
1: Nora, I wasn't a one-man show. I just had so much shame Mm. around how I was managing or not managing things. And I I also, it was shame and it was pride. Mm. And I say that because from the outside looking in, everybody thought I had it together. We had a beautiful office. I had a team of people. We were on, you know, a high-rise building and a bank building. So from the outside, it looked good. You know, I was featured in the newspaper. I was featured in magazine articles, and everybody thought I had it together. But on the 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 pride of not wanting to reveal what was really going on was the biggest thing, and then the shame around. What if they find out that I don't really know what I'm doing? You know what I mean? I can sell my tail off, but I can't manage this money to save my life. That for me was like I was afraid of even telling my husband. And so when we the, you know when we lost everything, it was almost it almost destroyed my marriage also because yes, my, my husband came with his own money stories, but not to the degree that I had. And because I hadn't been sharing with him that I was struggling, that I did not know what I was doing, that I I was underwater. And the only way we were staying above water is I could go sell something else, but I wasn't really taking care of things. I wasn't managing things. I wasn't, you know what I mean? I wasn't Mm -hmm. handling things well. And so, yeah, no, I wasn't a one-man show. And I didn't have to be a one-man show, but at that point in my life, I just had... This image that I felt like I had to maintain. And so the thought of telling someone or the thought of someone finding out was scarier to me than going and revealing to someone where I really was, you know, on my own. But you know, God has a way of making sure that you get to the place he wants you because he pulled the 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 covers back and everything got exposed anyway in, in a most horrible way. And again, it caused us to lose everything. So, yeah, I wish I could say I was a (laughs) one-man show trying to figure it out all by myself. No, I wasn't. It was me so cloaked in this image and feeling like I had to maintain it and really just dug a big, huge hole for myself. And I took my family along with me.
0: Right. And that is really humble of you to share about the shame, what shame can do to us. And Mm -hmm. we call it the fear of man, basically, right? Fear of rejection. When you get down to the root of it, that's what it is. And I've struggled with that, and many of us struggle with that. And we can be Mm -hmm. really good at business. But if we have that fear of man, that can take us into the place where you went, where in one area you were successful, but this other area God was wanting to work on to free you of that, deliver you of that. So you could be successful and, and keep some money after you made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would have been good. <laughs> and that's an interesting thing. People think, oh, yeah, they've got all this money. And there are some people make less money than other people, but they're better at managing and keeping their money. It's uh, They're healthier in their so money perspectives and their, with their money thermostat, as I call it. Yeah. And that was good that you could recognize because fear and shame, that's one of the biggest killers of us when it comes to creativity in our in our businesses. You want to talk more about that? Yeah, I mean,
1: God, there's there's just so many things that I didn't I didn't see them until some, in some cases many years later. But the, the, the fear of people, again, that what some people might call imposter syndrome or, or right. you know, there's so many different phrases around it. Mm-hmm. But when you get to a certain level of, you know, what people perceive to be success in your business, frequently what comes with it is, okay, they think I'm this. I have to maintain this. You know, mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to show up as the person they think I am and i tell you what man that that fall from grace if you will will cause you to become real clear on the being being pleasing before god is so much more important than being pleasing to men um being pleasing be pleasing people in other words um it just it, it will suck the life out of your business but more importantly i think for me at least it will also cause you to miss out on Really being who God wants you to be. I don't feel like I was I was in a position where God could use me during that time, because I was searching and in sh- striving and you know running after success and and prestige and having a, a name that people would recognize. That I was not you know I wasn't in a place where God could really use me. I went to a conference, Nora. I you know I lived in El Paso, Texas at the time. And I went to a conference in Dallas and there was about 2000 women at this conference. Mm. I mean, it was a three or four day conference. It was a big, big, big event. Mm. And I'll never forget this lady. Um, Betsy is her name. Betsy comes up to me and I, we, she lived in Colorado, by the way. So we, I lived in El Paso. She lived in Colorado. We met up in Dallas and she walks up to me and she says, I've been looking for you. God told me to tell you to stop striving. And I'll never forget that moment. And mm-hmm. I was like, he had to find someone from Colorado, <laughs> take me all the way to Dallas <laughs> for me to get this message, because apparently mm-hmm. I couldn't hear him in El Paso at that time. Okay. But, <laughs> but it was an eye-opening moment. And it was like, you know what? You're trying to do all of this in your own strength, and you're not depending on God at all. And it was it was a moment, it was the beginning mm-hmm. of the big fall, but I feel like if I would have taken that moment and said, okay, Lord, I see it. And I'm going to do something about it in that moment. I might not have had to go through all the things Mm -hmm. I went through later, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was a, it was a opening moment, but it wasn't a moment where I took the immediate action I needed to take, Mm -hmm. but I'll never forget it because now I recognize it as that was my, that was my warning. That was my opportunity that I just didn't see it as such. And I didn't take it. So, yeah. Uh, It it can do tremendous damage. But the thing I think I want people to walk away with and understand is that when we are in that place, you know, most a lot of your guests probably have different stories where they didn't play such a huge role in um, maybe their money story. But, you know, yes, I was influenced by my mother's story and, and how I was raised. But I think I just didn't reach out for help early enough. I didn't say what I needed. I didn't know what I needed, to be honest with you, but I didn't raise my hand and say, I'm drowning here. Somebody help me. And the, the message I want people to understand is that when we do that, it never only impacts us. It never only affects us. My kids are great. They're strong. They're healthy. Um, they're better for it. We've had the conversations, but I feel like I took them through so many things that they never should have had to go through because I didn't know how to ask for help. I, I refused to let people see where I really was.
0: That's an excellent point. Because there yeah. is a lot of help out there. People want to help. And mm-hmm. we do have so many resources now than we used to have. Because we do have the internet. We're more connected as a community where you can find the, the networking groups, the nonprofit groups, And I love that you brought that up. And that is kind of what I meant by the one-man show, I guess. I should have said doing things in your own strength, which I I have done, too. I think that's part of when we do have problems and fail, doing things in our own strength, Mm -hmm. not asking for help, thinking we can turn things around on our own, but we're operating out of our programming subconsciously not realizing any of that and that's why we do need each other because oftentimes somebody else can see into where we need to help and have change or have money shaming or dysfunction that can help us often that's what it is our friends can see better than we can and that's why we need each other so that's wonderful that you, you you got that message and and Eventually, you acted on it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) took me a minute, but yeah, I did.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which is really wonderful. And so uh, tell us more about your current business and what you do to make sure you keep money in and are successful now
1: yeah so our our business is actually it was a done for you now we we have more of a done with you model but we help people to set up their sales system to create sales processes to establish a follow-up flow for them when they meet new clients they're able to capture that business faster because there's a process in place to, to ensure that they um are able to you know to to close more sales and close them faster um the things that we've done differently now is again i have an accountant for years i didn't and and then when i finally got one i didn't want to share it with everything with them because i was like if you see you're gonna be you know you're gonna i'm gonna be <laughs> embarrassed because of what you see and i finally got over that and it's like look it is what it is help me um so we you know have have people in place i have great mentorship you know i have a, amazing business coaches Um, I I share a lot with my husband as to where we are with things, Um, not because he requires that of me or because I have to, but because he's my partner and, you know, he's many times the first line and he's also my pastor. So often God will speak to him and and give him direction that he can share with me that I just, you know, I can't see for myself sometimes because I'm so close to it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I've put some things in place to help ensure that, I have a few checks and balances. Um, I have a great operations manager, so there's there's people in place, but there's people who are aware. I'm very transparent with where we are. When you know, it's a business, so there's times where things are great and there's times when things aren't as great. And I'm more open now to share with my team hey, this is what's going on. We're, we're going to have to, you know, pull some things back or we're going to have to really get out there and hit the ground hard because, you know, we need more business. But I share those things with them now, whereas before I'd never would have done
0: that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. And good for you because they want to know, right? And yeah. And they want your business to be successful so they can keep their jobs. And I know your business culture is amazing and that helps with it being more like a, a team and kind of instead of you're the employer and they're just the employees. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's, there's a difference. And again, I think kind of back to that pride thing, there was a time where I felt like I had to, (laughs) I had to be on on top and everybody else had to kind of hear what I had to say. Whereas now it's very collaborative. My team is smart and they have great ideas and sometimes they see things I can't see. And I trust them to bring ideas to me. Um, before, you know, before, before I would not have done that, or at least I wouldn't have done it as quickly, I guess I should say. And so I definitely desire to have a team that feels like family, a team that feels valued, that knows that their ideas um, are valuable, and we can sometimes put them into place in, in a way that I may not have been able to do with my own ideas. So Yeah, it's a very different environment. And I'm very much, much happier. And I know they're much happier, the way we do things now.
0: I'm sure they are. I can tell you're doing an outstanding job. And in this day and age right now, this season that we're in, people are Mm -hmm. really needing encouragement. I have some women, young women, I mentor, and they their boss just says, oh, yeah, you're just you're doing a great job when they say, hey, uh, how, how am I doing? Oh, yeah, you're doing a great job. No, they need what you're offering to your people with letting yeah. them collaborate and have input and be encouraged and built up. And that is so important, I think, to keeping good employees. We just all need that right now <laughs> so. yeah yeah for sure But <laughs> well, this has been wonderful tish tell our listener how they can reach you
1: absolutely um on all social my name is tish times and i i that's my my handle for pretty much all of my social the only thing that's different my facebook business page is coach Tish times but everywhere else is tish times and um my website is Tishtimes.com and there's a contact button there. So if you'd like to chat with me or have questions or you're going through something similar and you want to get some feedback, then I'm I'm open to that and I appreciate um you all having me and, and just allowing me to share my story.
0: Absolutely. And where are your clients? Are are is this something that you're able to do? over kind of a zoom situation or Mm -hmm. so if someone's in nebraska say
1: yes my clients are nationwide the majority of the work we do is virtual i I have a few clients that are local that we do some in-person work with and we occasionally hold events where our clients you know come into the phoenix market so that they can be with us but the majority of the work we do is um virtual so it doesn't matter where they are we can help them
0: that sounds absolutely marvelous. And I'm glad we could share today because your business is national, even worldwide. And mm-hmm. thank you. This has been absolutely wonderful. I've learned a lot and I know our listener has. And because the purpose of this podcast is to empower women around money. And I love that you talked about money. You said the money word many times, which is crazy because <laughs> that's what we're trying to do is just disarm the money word where women just feel uncomfortable i was given yeah. a speech uh, the other day and i said how people are saying oh don't talk about politics and religion but we also don't talk about money either we just don't so even talk true. about not talking about so money it's <laughs> kind of funny but well thank you tish and to our listeners sister thank you for tuning in and i have some coaches openings for my coaching. If you want to go to my website, womenmovingup.com, and let me know what you need help with, I'd be happy to coach you. And also check out Tisha's books that she mentioned, and then my book, Women Starting Over and Moving Up, so you can build financial success on your own terms. Until next time, bye-bye. Well, my friend, thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast. I am Nora Ellen, your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.